Rod Plummer here from Tokyo, Japan. Um, I just love sharing motivational gifts, seven motivational gifts from Romans with you. Today we're doing the sixth of seven gifts. It's the gift of leadership, the gift of leadership. And what it says here in the Bible is if you have the gift of leadership, do it quickly, do it quickly. That's actually what it says. I'm going to read to you from Romans 12, verse 6 to, to 8. If we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. Here we go. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. The Greek word means do it fast. If you've got the gift of leadership, there's something there, an urgency to see something actually happen. Uh, not not just plan and this, but let's make it happen. Let's go. Let's go. Um, and the seventh gift is for next week. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So gift number six, the gift of leadership is quick. Let's get it done. Come on, let's go. Just do it. As the Nike ad says, um, these people with this gift see pieces and they say, let's put them in place. Let's go. Let it's happening. And if they're good leaders, they don't care who gets the credit. It's just, let, let's go team. Let's get it done. I want to be part of the team that's moving, that's going, that's working, that's making it happen. Come on, let's do this. Just get it done. Harry Truman was a, a president in the United States. He had something on his desk, desk that said this. It's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. And I want to say that anyone who has this leadership gift, we, we must not care who gets the credit. Just it's exciting if it happens. If it's me, great. If it's you, great. If it's our team, great. Let's just see it happen. So let's talk about leadership. And when we talk about leadership from a Christian perspective, we can talk so many things from the book of Proverbs and from the parables of Jesus. But also there is great leadership teaching from the parables that John Maxwell uses. Um, John Maxwell is, is a great Christian leadership teacher. Uh, I advise you to, if you're interested in leadership, to get some of his books. Um, he's got a few sayings just to start this today about what is this gift of leadership. He says, leadership is influence, no more, no less. In other words, are we influencing people? Is it actually happening? Uh, another one of his famous um, quotes is, <clears throat> if you think you're leading, but no one is following, you're just taking a walk. And so the issue of leadership is not just having great ideas and visions. It's actually the influencer to make things happen. And he says that whenever you go anywhere, there's the leader and then there's the real leader. And when the real leader speaks, everyone listens in the room. And I've seen this in restaurants where someone has the, the badge manager, but someone else, uh, usually some junior or, 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 or someone else is making the thing run. And and, and by John Maxwell's um, illustration, the one who actually is the influencer, the speaker, and things happen, that person is the actual leader in a situation. So you ready? We read out the, the gifts. Number seven, we're going to talk about the gift of leadership. Now, the, the New Testament doesn't use this word very often. When it's used, it's usually used of leading the church well or you, leading your family well. Um, we can read this in 1 Timothy 5.17. It says the elders should lead well, should be a great model, great example 
and make things happen quickly and without friction. Let something happen quickly but well. Um, talks about m- managing your own house, 1 Timothy 3.5. Talks about the need to manage our family well. So whether you're a mother or a father, single parent, um, we've got to work out ways to lead our family well with the least friction and the maximum influence. And it also talks in the Bible about leading children well and, and leading what we do well. So these leaders, whether it's family or work or church, there's a gift of leadership and they love to see things happen. There's a great word called momentum. I love this word. I know you love this word. The word momentum is a, is a science equation. If we were to break down the concept of momentum, making things happen, there are three parts to the scientific equation. Um, it's direction times speed times mass. Let me explain. I think the most important out of all three is the word direction. Leaders know they've got to lead in a certain direction. Um, You can't go here, then there. Let's do this now. Let's change that. We're going to change this. Nothing will happen. A leader has to, uh, as a Christian leader, we pray and seek the word of God, but get godly advice, and we move in a direction. The first concept of leadership is leading in the right direction, leading people towards the right things that that God has as a as a pastor, uh, my role and goal is to help people find their direction, moving ahead. And as a church, we move in the right direction together. The second word is speed. Now, I don't think speed is as important as direction, but once we're in a direction, we can pick up speed as we gain um, successes, blessings, people's lives moving ahead, lifted, families doing well. Uh, as we as as we do that, we gain we gain speed or or rate of change. We can change more easily. And the last word is mass, which means the amount of resource we have in people, finance, opportunities. And so, as we are going in a direction, gaining speed, we realize there's more opportunities. There's more um, people. There's more finance. There's more opportunities. I think I said that a few times. That just seems to happen more. And so leadership is an important gift in any area of life. And the leader will ask the question, who's in charge here? You or me or someone else? Who, if, if it's you, I'm on your team. If it's me, please come on my team. But the leader understands the concept of team direction, going in the right direction, going long enough to pick up speed and resource. So this is a great gift. There is also some areas to watch out for. One is the concept, and I've, I've seen this so many times where leaders are trying to train other people, but other people don't do the job as well, and they take the job back thinking that will add to speed, but it won't. And so the leader has to train, has to be a trainer, even when people are learning and growing. So that's a weakness. Another weakness is they have a concept of ready, fire, aim. In other words, just do it. Let's just go, scattergun, let's just do it all. And some of those things may not be the most useful and and, and maybe even um, waste time uh, in, in the desire to make things happen quickly. And the last thing to watch out for is if they're not a team player. And I, I've known leaders, and probably I was in this case early on in my life, where um, not understanding being a team player. And so leaders need to be in a team, whether it's 
your team or someone else's team. Uh, it's about building teams, building bigger, building more. That's the gift of leadership, number six gift. So as I come to my Bible examples, I'm going to go Old Testament and New Testament. One of the greatest examples of leadership is a man you may not know or may know. It's Moses' father-in-law. His name is Jethro. This is such a famous story. If you're new to the Bible, it'll be new to you, but I hope you know this story. It's in Exodus 18, and Moses is leading the children of Israel, three million people through the desert, and Jethro, his father-in-law, comes to him, looks at what he's doing, and says, this is not working, mate. This is, this is, this is going to burn you out, and it's not going to help the people. And Jethro is going to be the leader that brings um, direction and speed and an opportunity into the Israelites' life. Now, this story, we're going to read it from Jet from Exodus 18, um, verse 13 onwards. This story is used in some management courses in universities around the world. Some of the top universities, Harvard uses it, and other universities use it because it's probably the the earliest leadership lesson in history that people know. It's this was written so long ago, you know. 1200 BC or something very old, or maybe maybe 1000 BC, we're not sure, but a long time ago, and it's the most amazing, written 3000 years ago, and it's an incredible lesson on leadership. So I hope you're going to get the concept here. Here we go. Jethro speaking to Moses. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge or leader of the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. And when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, saw all that Moses was doing, he he said, what is this you're doing for the people? Why do you sit all alone, (laughs) just one of you and your team, while all these people stand around you morning till evening? And Moses answered him, oh, because the people come to me to seek God's will. And whenever they have a dispute, uh, it's brought to me. And I decide between the parties and inform them, of God's decrees and laws. Now you can see the problem is based around the word I. I do this, I do that, because Moses was the best. But that's not going to make a great leadership team. And Moses' father-in-law, he's he's the most important statement, says, what you're doing is not good. This is not working, Moses. And um, verse 18, you and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. Stress, burnout, not getting the job done. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Come on, Moses. You've got to be a team player. Train some leaders. Verse 19. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them the decrees and laws and show them the way to live and the duties they are to perform. So leadership means teaching, training, producing processes. Verse 21. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who gain dishonest gain, who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, tens. Get some organization going. Jesus did this in the New Testament with the feeding of the 5,000, sat them in seats of groups of 50. And so the concept of organization is a great biblical concept. It says, have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases 
they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. Bring others into the leadership team. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand at the stand the strain and all the people will go home satisfied. For you, a stress-free life, blessed, you're going to enjoy your leadership and the people are going to be blessed. They're going to go home. Everyone's going to be happy. Verse 24, and Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, and they served as judges for all the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. As I said, it's used in Yale as a leadership lesson from ancient history. It's ancient history, but it really happened. And it's the wisdom that God gave this man, Jethro, who came into Moses' life and went, boom, here's some leadership lessons, sorted it out, and Moses then took the leadership and went on and did great things. It's a great story. I hope you you like that story and read it again and again and, and see the wisdom. And if you're a leader who's stressing out, hey, some things have got to change. You can't live in stress. It's going to be a destructive force over time. All right? New Testament And, of course, we're going to talk about Jesus, the greatest leader who ever lived on this planet. Fully God, fully man, our Lord Jesus was amazing. And he carries this leadership um, uh, gift as well as all the other gifts so beautifully. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out two short stories, uh, one with Peter and one with Matthew, two early church leaders and the lessons that Jesus gave them and brought them into his leadership team. The first one's called The Calling of Peter. It's found in Luke chapter 5, verses 6 to 11. Peter has just been fishing all night, no fish, and Jesus says, hey, put your nets on the other side, go out and fish again, and they get this huge catch of fish, and Peter goes, whoa, are you ready to read the story with me? Here we go from verse 6, Luke 5, verse 6. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Such a blessing miracle. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. You will be fishers of men. So they pulled up their boats on shore, left everything and followed Jesus. Jesus did the miracle. He showed them what to do, throw the nets on the other side. Miracle occurred. Peter is astounded. He says, what do I do? And Jesus said, hey, You're a great fisher of fish, but I'm going to make you a great fisher of men and come and follow me. And they left all with some other people. And uh, Peter was was part of a very good fishing uh, cooperative. He had to give it up and he came and followed Jesus. That's the power of Jesus' leadership, influence, uh, helping people see the future. Come on, Peter, come and follow me. Let's go. Let's make this happen. And, of course, Jesus calls Peter to be his 
um, leader of the early church. Acts chapter 2, Peter stands up, preaches, and uh, 3,000 get saved. So Jesus is training his team. Jesus trained 12 disciples over three years. Now, even Jesus had a a failure. Uh, Judas Iscariot that betrayed Jesus. So a leadership person doesn't mean 100% successful. It just means they're committed to the right processes, the right direction, the right concepts of training and release, training and release. And even Jesus' perfect leadership doesn't mean there was perfect followers. And I think we need to know that as leaders. We're not going to have a, a perfect track record in anything. But we can believe that we're going to have more wins than losses and growing and growing over time. So that's the calling of Peter. What about the calling of Matthew, who wrote the Gospel of Matthew? Well, let's let's have a look. Matthew is also called Levi. Two names, not unusual uh, in Jesus' day, not unusual at all. It's just to distinguish him from another Matthew. This is Matthew Levi. And so we're going to read in... Um, in Luke chapter 5, the same chapter, calling of Peter, and it's going to be the calling of Levi, if it's the same person. Um, Luke 5, 27, 28. Just a short scripture. You ready? After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, Matthew Levi, sitting at his tax booth. Now this, let me stop. This tax booth was a place of hatred in Israel. It's where the Romans collected the taxes from the Israelites to send to Rome. The Israelites didn't like it. They hated it. They were under Roman rule, Roman law. And this guy, Matthew Levi, was was serving the Romans in the tax collection. Worse than that, the tax collectors, as well as collecting the Roman taxes, put their own taxes on for their own money, and many became corrupt. And so the tax collectors were hated. They were wealthy, but hated. And Jesus comes up to this guy. We have He's not mentioned before. Um, and it says that sitting at the tax booth, follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed Jesus. This is the power of a, a, a great Lord Jesus. But it's the power of great leadership is to inspire, to talk about a better future, uh, 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 new opportunities, new situation. And, 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 and the, the speed of which this happens, it's all in... Luke 5, in one chapter. In fact, if you wanted to look at something else, you could look at John chapter 1, and five disciples in one day follow Jesus, uh, including some of these. And, and, and it's just the, the impact of Jesus' incredible leadership. And, and, then, and then Matthew's going to become a great leader. And, and just after this, Matthew then holds a party, invites all his friends, and invites Jesus to speak to them because his life is so changed by Jesus. And Matthew becomes one of the great disciples. He writes the Gospel of Matthew. Aren't you glad that he quickly followed Jesus? And Matthew would have been a very uh, technical person, a very good writer, a keeper of notes and logistics for the Romans, perfect for writing the Gospel of Matthew. I'm so glad that Jesus chose these people, to be his leaders. And uh, I'm so excited about that. The whole New Testament is written about leadership, really, the gift of leadership. Paul has the gift of leadership. And I want to read to you just one short scripture from Paul that has inspired me um, as a leader, as a pastor. Um, 
to, to train as many people as I can. Um, I'm known as a training pastor, a teaching pastor, uh, a coaching pastor. I want, I want to lift and train as many young men and women as I can with my life. And my wife has joined me in that. And together we have trained a number of people around the world. And we love it and we want to keep doing it. Here's a key scripture. This is Paul to Timothy, Paul training young Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. Timothy, the things you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul to Timothy, hey you, the things you've heard me teach you, you entrust to faithful people, faithful people who will give it to other people. How many generations are spoken of in this very short uh, scripture? The answer is four. Four. I better get my fingers right. Four. Paul, Timothy, faithful people, others. Four generations. Four generations. And I guarantee that in any leadership situation, whether it be in business or sports or church or any part of life, where there is that form of training happening, you are going to have great success. Where there's going to be uh, the initial leader, the, the trainee leader, faithful people. So there's multiplication now and more multiplication. There's going to be incredible success in that group. And I love that about the church, that we have the same values, uh, the calling of God to be together, love people, love, love the people in the church, love our neighbors. Um, people outside the church, and this training will happen as we have uh, a leadership concept. Now, this scripture is 2 Timothy 2.2. I've shortened it to 2 Tim 2.2 to remember it. Where was that scripture about Paul, Timothy, faithful men, others? 2 Tim 2.2. 2 Timothy 2.2. It's a great concept of leadership. And in my last minutes today on this video, I want to talk about people in my life that I've seen have had this gift. You see, I've, I've been blessed with seeing so many people with the leadership gift. And I've always said, when I see a great gift, whatever gift it is, I want to learn from that person who is ahead of me on the road, who has more than me, who has wisdom. And that's the best quick way for me to grow in my own life. And I've, I, I want to be a learner even at my age now. And uh, so I've always had great examples. When I first became a believer, I was in a small group uh, of, of believers in Sydney, Australia, and I was under two great uh, small group leaders. We call them connect groups. So I'll just call them connect group leaders. Um, Daniel Mays was one of those and, and, uh, and uh, just, just amazing uh, small group leader. And I, I watched and learned how a person shared and instilled vision and strength and unity and challenge. There was great challenge from the Bible and how to pray, how to read the Bible. I, I learned from a leader and immediately I, in my heart I said, I want to do that too because that looks amazing helping people. I was under a great leader from the very early stages of my Christian life. Another one was was Gary Canham who ended up being a, one of the pastors and, and Gary ended up being his wife, um, Gay, uh, Kay were, were in um, uh, Europe, in France, Estonia and other parts and then back in Melbourne, great pastors. And I saw them as 
as a young Christian, and I thought that is a great leadership gift. They, they inspire, they lift, they help people grow. I want to be like that. From the beginning, I've always seen great leadership models. Um, now as a older believer, I've seen people all over the world with great leadership gifts who that sort of, come on, let's make this happen. One of my great friends in the world today is Gary, Gary Skinner, Gary and Marilyn, uh, Canadian missionaries to Uganda for so many years, 20-something years, started a church and is now called Watoto. And um, we, we, Viv and me and Monty were able to go and visit there a couple of years ago to Uganda. We were in Kampala, the capital. Uh, they've got a church of, I think, 30,000 people. And they've got um, these orphanages, true orphanages, where children um, have been um, thrown on rubbish dump, dumps or the parents have died from a disease and, and the police or the justice department take the babies and they gave them to um, Gary and Marilyn's organization called Watoto that cared for orphan children in Uganda from the very beginning, from babies, although they will take people who are older, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, 10-year-olds, etc., cetera, um, who have lost parents. And they've put literally thousands of kids through this incredible, um, beautiful homes and uh, many of those uh, babies have grown up and they've gone through university and their teachers and their doctors and their lawyers and uh, the Watoto Children's Choir all around the world. I think there's about 100 choirs have gone out, um, impacted the world in the name of Jesus Christ. Beautiful. And we went there and we saw the, the baby unit and, 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 and just uh, the, 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 the caring mums in there. And then when they're two-year-old, they're put into a family. Now, the family's run by uh, a lady who herself is a victim of something, could be a victim of a, um, some sort of crime uh, or a victim of uh, just, just poverty, being left alone. And they take these widows and, and mums and some of them single mums and they make them house mothers and they put the babies in and they, 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 they well, two-year-olds, and um, they make the houses of, of stone. They're beautiful. They're eco-friendly um, houses. The lawns are done beautifully. These little children grow up in a caring, loving environment. And currently there's about 1,500 right now. And many thousands have graduated and gone all over Uganda and probably all over the world. And what I want to say is I, that's such a leadership gift that should inspire us. No matter what area we're in, that's a leadership gift where they went there and said, there's big problems, but we've got to bring structure quickly. We've been given these babies quick. We've got to bring structure, policy, safety, get the right people, get the right training, get the right resources, get money from uh, resource people in Canada, in the United States and other countries. We've got to do this. And 20-something years later, they've affected a nation. Now, there's still a lot of poverty, but incredible changes have been happening. And, and I want to say people involved in these sort of ministries around the world are incredibly, incredibly um, motivating to come on, let's go, let's do it again. Let's, let's. And I've seen a great couple, and when Viv and I were living in Thailand, there are a couple from New Zealand, Paul and Carly, and they started not an orphanage, but an afternoon school care home in the in the village near where we were and um in thailand people there um, there's a lot of uh 
young people taken to cities for very bad activities. Um, they're promised false, false promises. Come to the cities and you get a great job and there's no great job there. There's only prostitution and sadness and pain. And, um, and this couple realized that they had to go to the country areas and start home care. Sorry, let me reframe that, rephrase that. Education care in the afternoons in villages and they would bring in young kids where their parents were in debt and they would give them after-school care. They would give them schooling if they needed that, although there were local schools. So give them what they can't get. Give them after-school training and maths and uh, whatever, in Thai language, whatever they needed. And at night, those kids would go home um, and some would be able to be staying in the boys' home and the girls' home just down the road from their home. So they're not taken away from their community or their parents, but they have a place of shelter, a place of learning, a place of education, and a place that loves Jesus and brings safety into their lives. And now those homes have been multiplied in Myanmar and Cambodia uh, and across Thailand. And when you, again, when you see these things and you realize the, the incredible impact of a leadership gift, come on, we've got to make this happen. We've got to get resource. We've got to do this and help. And they need people with every gift, but we need people to lead from the front and then get other people involved. I In Tokyo, I've also got business people that help me in so many areas of church life. Um, Alex and Mark and David are in my personal connect group, have been for years, and all of those are business guys who have done incredibly well with businesses managing professional life. One is a business owner, one is a lawyer, one is a project manager. And they've helped me with their leadership gifts in the church and also running things to help train people. They're training people in all sorts of things. And a number of my pastors have an incredible leadership gift and uh, all of them actually, pretty amazing. And um, I I mentioned a few weeks ago about one, Alex, who helped me in 10 years ago when we had the big tsunami in Japan and we wanted to do a um, caring for young people who had lost something in the, the tsunami, the tidal wave in the city of Sendai. And I didn't know how to do it. I knew we had to do something. My wife, Viv, had a vision. We had to do something. And, and Alex and Kaori, we, we hired young Kaori out of university. Um, her parents were with this and it was just amazing that my little leadership team created a, an event where we were able to bring 300 young people out of Sendai into Christian homestay where they learned English and they went to Disneyland and did all the great things and they were with families and it blessed their lives and it was, it was because of leadership gift. And I remember being with Alex and, and saying, well, what do we do here? And he said, well, let's go to these businesses and ask them for money or for favor. So we went to the airlines, went to JAL, Japan Airlines and American Airlines and office after office asking them for, um, could we have air tickets for these young people who have lost things, lost family and homes? Would you give it to us wholesale, no profit? And, and everywhere we went, everyone said, yes, we want to help you. Yes, we want to care for you. So we didn't get those tickets. It wasn't about us, but we were organizing it for these young people and we and 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 organ and Kaori organizing overseas homestays in 
in Dallas and uh, uh, Sydney and and many places in New Zealand and um, sending kids. And here in Tokyo, we had some. Leadership gift is a great blessing. I've also seen this gift in the business world where people have just done so amazing. Um, My good friend Mark used to work for GE in uh, leading in Asia and Europe and um, just such a great um, investor of time and and wisdom into Viv and I in in the leadership area. And and, and my wife, Viv, such a leadership gift on her life. I, I could just go on and on. She is amazing, amazing, amazing. And finally, my own two boys who are young adults both have a leadership gift, but they're very different. Monty's a pastor and Richie is a scientist, but they both have this leadership gift, the concept of, come on, let's make it happen. So my whole life's been around great people with leadership gift. And not everyone has it. Not everyone has to have it. But I want to I say thank you to those in my life who have helped me with all these gifts. But this gift, um, because it means a lot to me in terms of seeing things happen and running churches and helping people needs leadership. Thank you so much. So I'm going to pray. If you've got the gift, come on, use it fast. Be part of a team. Be on a team or lead a team. And if, if you don't have this gift, but you, you recognize it, why don't you encourage some people and help them with their leadership? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the leadership gift. And we're going to use it quickly. Help us to see um, and do and create teams, train teams, more teams, more teams, more teams, that we would lead or we would be on a team with the leadership gift. And thank you for this gift. Thank you for all the seven motivational gifts for all these amazing people in our lives. Uh, We thank you, Lord. You are a great God with all these gifts and with this gift to leadership. I pray for blessing on all of our people in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have an amazing week. Next week, last gift.